Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. When the church meets people's needs, oftentimes what you think is a need is really a want. And we have to have this scale. And uh, I talked last week about having a healthier body, the body of the church. And uh, I was going to do better to try to make this a healthier body. And um, a lot of people questioned, where were you when I needed you? You didn't come running to me. But now you're telling all these people that you need to be you know, running to people and the white blood cells and just, you know, where were you when I needed you? And I got to I got to kind of clear this up. You see, God demands justice and you deserve nothing. You deserve separation from God. If it wasn't for Jesus, you would be nothing. So when you come to church or become part of the body, You are entitled to nothing but just to accept the grace of Jesus Christ. But a lot of people do want to come to church and uh, they want us to meet their needs and all this stuff. And last week I stood up here and talked about, you know, we need to be doing this. I want to make sure you understand that I'm trying to get you to be the servant, not the recipient. Because you deserve nothing. You are entitled to nothing. We are sinners, and we are separated from God. Now, can I move forward? <laughs> it's easier than making a whole bunch of calls, you see? <laughs> so I'll, I'll address that this next week. Just When people come to, to know Christ and to follow Christ, a lot of times it's for a lot of selfish things. And, you know, I'm, I'm no better than you. I want and I want and I want and I want. And we start to follow Jesus so that he will answer our prayers. We want that. And uh, we, we want all these things. And, and now the pastor stood up and said, you know, you need to be filling my needs. And I'm going through some crap. Well, how come you're not? I am trying to get you to do better, too. So if you're one of those people that think, hey, the church didn't do very good for me, then help us. Be that person that you wanted. I'm sorry if we missed you or, you know, and I'm not talking about our little assembly here. I'm talking about the one universal church of Christ. We, we not, we're not going to just rush to help each one of you people because you came to church. This is outside these walls. And when we're supposed to put this into action, I'm not trying to get you to be in ministry of this church so that we can build this great team that makes all these hospital visits and everything like that. You do that on your own. You don't have to come to the church for that kind of stuff. You be the church and just do it. So what I want to talk to you about is how you find your niche in this body. What part are you? Last week I said we'll talk about different parts, you know, and now hold off on the giggling and everything. But I've had a lot of fun with this this week. And we've, we've went through some stuff. But actually to understand where you fit into this body can be very hard. 
and you can call it purpose or whatever you want to call it. But each per- person who comes to the church says, I want to be more involved in the church. And oftentimes they're talking about in here when the church is out there. And when I try to teach you these things, I'm not trying to get you to do things around here. I'm trying to get you to do things out there. The body of the church is not our little assembly. Yes, we're supposed to take care of the believers first. Now, that doesn't mean us. That doesn't mean simply free church and that we're just going to take care of our people first. It means the church body you got to understand that this body is everywhere. We just get together here because we're supposed to meet together and we're not supposed to get out of the habit. And I haven't got a clue why you'd want to come and listen to a guy like me talk. But you do. And I want to teach you that it's not about coming here. I don't care whether we have a full building or not. I want you to help take care of the body out there so that other people can see that you are genuine and this love that you have and this faith that you have is not just a Sunday morning thing for an hour. I, I know you're all saved. I don't have to stand up here and give an altar call all the time. I know most of you very well, and I've been to your house. I know your faith. I know what you're thinking. This, this really is just to build one another up and encourage one another. That's what we do when we get together on Sunday mornings. But the ministry that we have, being part of the body, is every single day out there. And you should be a reflection of this faith that you have. That is what we need to be better at. And we need to take care of the body. That is taking care of one another. Not right here. Out there. It's not too hard to tell whether somebody's a believer or not. And it's not too hard to be able just to, to bless people. I have this huge issue with the people that really are in need. The people that are really hurting. You'll never know. They'll never tell you. And the people that are actually asking for all kinds of help are the people that actually might just, oh boy, I better be careful or I'll screw up this message too. I better just move on. (laughs) Here's what I want you to do. I want you to figure out what your purpose is and what part of the body you are. And you might have multiple parts. You've got to understand that this is an analogy of the body. Everybody thinks about the human body, right? But really, a body is a body is a body. And I said everybody can't be a foot. Well, if you're a centipede, there's a lot of feet. Right? So, you know, everybody thinks, well, they're, they're that part of the body. I, I need to find something else to do. Not necessarily. You're gifted what he decides to give you. Actually, it says, let's put up 1 Corinthians um, twelve eleven. Um, but one and the same spirit works in all things, distributing, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So he has given you certain talents, certain gifts as he sees fit. And a lot of people have a hard time trying to figure out what this is and where they fit into the church. And they just want to come to the church on Sunday morning and do their thing and get the blessing. You see, that's a want. Right. I want the blessing. I did it. I went and I and this is a uh, um, like a performance driven thing. If I go to church, God will bless me. If I do more ministry, God will bless me more. And the more I do, the more blessing I'll get. 
Wouldn't that be a performance-driven God? You don't deserve anything. You are separated from God if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. And once you realize what grace is, you'll understand what it means to simply follow Christ. So I'm going to give you a little lesson on following Christ. God gives gifts as he sees fit. When you say that you follow, you're going to have to understand the culture here. Little rabbis, I'm going to call them little, okay? Um, they didn't have schools. So what they did for an education was what they would go to a rabbi, and they would pick a rabbi, and the rabbi, if he found that they were good enough or talented enough or had memorized the Torah, that would be the first five books of the Bible, or Moses' law, then they would say, follow me. And what the, what the kids would do is, this, this was huge. This was something earned. And I am so good. The rabbi said, follow me. And they would pick which rabbi they wanted to follow because they thought he was the best. When Jesus comes and says, follow me, it means you're good enough. You don't have to do some performance-driven thing. So when a rabbi said, follow me, it meant that that child wanted to be just like their teacher. And what they would do is simply follow them, watch them, and do everything that they did. The rabbi would teach them that this is how you live, this is what you do, this is what you say. And when they followed a rabbi, they were actually saying, I want to be just like you, and you show me what you want me to do and what I'm good at. When Jesus shows up and says, follow me, it means that you're already good enough. Now, what's going to happen when you follow him is you're not going to ask him for a whole bunch of stuff. You see, a little rabbi boy wouldn't, uh, a little uh, boy wouldn't follow the rabbi and say, I want candy. Is it? I got to put this into something I understand. I want candy. No. You're not going to get any candy. Well, I, I need to stop and rest. You're going too fast and stuff. Just, just stop. I need peace. Uh, no. You're following me. And you'll do what I do. You simply watch me and do what I do. So why do we come to Christ? And we all know when somebody, we, we follow Christ, right? He says, follow me to all his apostles. He uses this throughout the scripture. Follow me doesn't mean you get to tag along with him. and He's going to give you everything that you want. It doesn't mean that. It means that you love the way that he lives. You love the life. You love his teachings. And you just simply want to be with him and do what he does. Learn from him. Not give me everything that I need. So when you become part of the body, I got to make sure you understand that you don't become part of the body so that you get what you want. You come, become part of the body because you simply like the, the discipline, the lifestyle, the faith that he teaches us, the way that he lives. You follow him, and then he gives what he sees fit. And this is what the rabbis did to the little boys that followed him around. What I want to do is I want to take a look at the people that actually had the most fulfilling lives in the Bible and what they did and how they act. Now, don't we all just want 
we just want peace, right? I mean, um, you know, when you're young, you want all that other stuff. But you get to a certain age where you just want peace. And, you know, actually, it's not really peace that you want because life is not all fun and it's not going to be peaceful in every place that you go. What you actually are asking for here is contentment. And you just want to be content with where you're at. And this would actually be somebody that was following a rabbi. I'm just happy to be here. Yes, things are not going to be all easy, but I'm glad to be here and I want to follow you and I want you to teach me. It doesn't mean you want him to give you everything. You want to be like him. So let's take a look at some of the people that were the closest to Jesus. Now, you guys got to understand some of this stuff. First of all, he, he comes and just rips people from their families. And he says, I've actually not come to give you peace, but I've come with a sword. And it means that just because your father says to do this and you say, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. He is going to be mad. This is not going to cause peace. This is going to be a real issue. So the people that were closest to Jesus actually had a lot to deal with. Let's take a look at Mary. Okay, we just got done with the whole Christmas thing. Think about Mary's life. And I told you before, I couldn't find a place where Mary asked Jesus for anything. She just simply loved her baby. He was the Messiah. She believed the angels and what they told him. She just simply had this purpose. And what a fulfilling purpose it would have been. Right? She didn't get all kinds of stuff. He didn't heal her and do all this stuff for her. She just simply stayed close to him, except for those three days I told you about. Let's, let's go on to the next one. Let's talk about Joseph. Now, here's the father. Think about what he went through. Um, a lot of talk, right? We live in a small town, so you'd understand this, right? Uh, you know, he's not the father of that child. And she said that she hadn't been with a man, but she's pregnant. She's about 13 years old. Imagine what kind of life this would be for Joseph. And the angel tells him, don't, don't worry about this stuff. It'll be okay. You take her as your wife. And, oh, my goodness, have we all been talked about? Everything you've ever done, imagine what they were being talked about. You don't hardly hear or read a peep about Joseph. What happened to Joseph? Where did he go? He was a carpenter. When, you see, if he was like the normal Christian these days, he'd like, oh, I got the God, man, Right? You just whip up some money over here so we don't have to work anymore. And you pay all my bills over here and you, you heal all my aches and pains. And uh, you could just go and ask him for anything. This is the Christ. The Messiah had come. And Joseph doesn't do anything like that. But what a fulfilling life he led. As Jesus started to get older, now you got to understand for 30 years, he does nothing. But they had so much faith in him. They knew he was the Christ. And then for three and a half years, he's doing all these signs and wonders, and they're not getting anything out of it. Let's go down the list of the apostles. Apostles. So Jesus gets baptized. He's now 30 years old. He hasn't done a thing. He's 30 years old. He comes up out of the water. The dove comes upon him. His father's voice says, this is my son who I love, and everybody sees it. And he goes off into the wilderness to get tempted. And Andrew was one of the first people that saw this, and he simply goes and tells his brother Peter, I, 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 I got to tell my brother, the Messiah is here. This is him. 
Okay, so we got Andrew and we got Peter now that are going to follow Jesus. And Jesus is walking around and he, he tells uh, James and John, you know, uh, see they were fishermen. Somebody help me here. I'm supposed to know these things, right? They're fishermen. He says, follow me. And they simply drop everything and go. Um, Matthew. Matthew's the tax collector. Now a tax collector would have been kind of a... Uh, 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 yeah, right? He's stealing out of the pod. And, uh, they were kind of corrupt, and they were not real nice people. And, of course, they collected from people. So you, you probably have had calls before from people like Matthew. And uh, so Matthew simply gets up from his job, would have been a government job, right, and follows Jesus. Uh, let's just take these five guys right here, the first followers, the first apostles of Jesus Christ, Tell me what they asked him for or got from him. They just simply served him. They simply worshipped him. They followed him. They did what he did. They asked questions. But why wasn't th- why weren't these guys like, dude, I get a new car, right? I'm going to follow this guy, and he's going to he's going to fill up our fish nets full. We're going to get a new boat out of this, and we will be ex- expanding the family business like crazy. But they left it all behind, and they went. And he tells them things are not going to be easy. And here's what I want you to do: I want you to go off and don't don't take any money with you, and I just want you to stay with other people. Why weren't they asking Jesus for all these things? Why weren't they asking him for, for riches and just signs and wonders and make me great? James and John's mother actually comes to Jesus and says, um, Hey, when you come into your kingdom, will you make my two boys? One can sit on your right and one can sit on your left. Their mother asked Jesus, not them. I don't even know if she was a Christ follower. The people that were closest to Jesus never asked him for anything. Maybe they did and it's not recorded, or maybe we don't know. But they simply followed him around. It was not easy. They didn't have a whole bunch of peace. But I want you to think about what a fulfilling life they led. Now, I'm sure there's a bunch of people in here that have led somebody else to Christ or helped somebody in a way that was amazing. That feeling that comes over you is actually what you're looking for. You just don't know it. And it's taking care of the body. They took care of one another. They followed Jesus. They just did what he said. They had some questions for him. He tried to answer them the best that they could. We now have scripture to do the exact same thing. And nobody asked him for anything. How are you doing with that? I struggle with that, too. What if you knew Jesus, and you were in his world, and this was the Messiah. He'd been born, and you're waiting 30 years before you see anything. And then, only for three and a half years, he's around, and you see him doing all this stuff for other people, right? He's healing and all kinds of stuff, and you haven't gotten anything. I think most of you would bail. And then he's gone. You did all this for 30 years. You watched this Messiah get born. You realized the first person to worship Jesus Christ was an unborn baby. John the Baptist leapt in his mother's womb when he got close to Mary, who was pregnant with Jesus. 
John the Baptist didn't ask him for a thing. In fact, he said, I'm not worthy. How are we doing? As the body, as being part of the body, are you actually into this for your gain? Because none of the people that led this huge, fulfilling life got anything from him. In fact, it was just the opposite. Paul probably went through more than anybody else. And, of course, we know he was a bad man. When he comes to know Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, he didn't ask him for riches. He didn't ask him to fix everything. He asked him three times to take the thorn from his side, but he was okay with it if he didn't. You know, that doesn't sound like us these days. We expect our prayers to be answered, and we're not all good with it when he doesn't. Is it because we don't really just love him enough to worship him, to just follow him? Or are we trying to actually get something out of this? We want a performance-driven God. I did this for you. You did this for me. And if you won't, then I don't want to follow you. This is what actually happens to our small assemblies like this. People come to church, and we're supposed to fix all their needs and everything, and when we miss somebody or slip up on somebody or don't do what they think they do, they're gone. That's Christianity today. And all he wants us to do is follow him. Can you? Can you actually imagine just serving God and not expecting anything? Because you deserve nothing. That's hard to understand. But yet, that's what we're supposed to do. So, Paul gets shipwrecked. You guys all know the bad stories that's happened to Paul, right? I mean, this guy had it all happen to him. He's been trying to be killed. Uh, everything bad has happened. And he comes up with this. Put up Philippians 4, 12. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret to being content in every situation, any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. What a fulfilling life he led. Here's, here's another great example. I got some more time. The story of Martha and Mary. Okay, so Martha and Mary, uh, I don't want to go through this whole thing, but Lazarus uh, was sick and he died and Christ resurrects him. And anyway, Jesus comes to their home and Martha actually thinks she's serving the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord, right? And we're going to do all this stuff. And if you understand the culture, the women were supposed to do the cooking and everything like this. Martha is just running her, her butt off trying to... Uh, <coughs> She's running around um, trying to get everything done. And Mary is actually at Jesus' feet, worshiping him. And she comes to Jesus. This, this is the church right here. She comes to Jesus and says, don't you care that my sister's not helping me? Tell her to help me. And he says, no. Wouldn't that suck? We go to Jesus because we want him to fix things, right? You're in his very presence. My sister's not helping me. I'm doing everything. This is, this is church people 
you got to think about this. I'm doing everything, and nobody's doing anything to help me. Jesus, you fix it. No. They're doing exactly what I want them to do. I gave each and every person a certain gift, and she was simply just worshiping him at his feet. Can you do that? Martha is asking him a question because she's mad because she's not getting what she wants and he says no that this person is doing exactly what I want him to do and it's people like you and me that can't handle that she just simply sat at his feet now there's more to this story There were actually men in the house. And the apostles said, because she takes perfume, right? I think it was Spucknard? Spucknard? And pours it on his feet. Now, this would have been some expensive stuff. Judas was the treasurer. He was still around at the time. And they get mad and say, we could have taken that to feed the needy. Why'd you do that? That's the church right there. We could have taken that and fed the needy, and and you're pouring it at Jesus' feet, This is a woman in a house that's not doing anything where there's men. Think about the culture at that time. And Jesus says, she's doing exactly what I want her to do. I will not take this away from her. She she was going against all culture at this point. Can you just do that? Just serve him? Just love him? Just sit at his feet? And not necessarily ask him for anything? These are the people that had the most fulfilling lives because the ones that got everything they wanted, it didn't work out very well. And and I think uh, Solomon is probably the best example of this. He asked for wisdom, he got wisdom, and he used it wrong. And he got everything he ever wanted. He was so wealthy, he could do whatever he wanted, and he writes the book of uh, Ecclesiastics. And at the end... He says, he's trying to tell everybody about chasing worldly things, and he says, the only thing that matters is that you find and follow God. In fact, he says, it's the duty of all mankind. Can you do that? Because that is what gets us fulfilling life. And we're trying to chase it, doing all these things, when we actually are asking God to do it for us. Make my life good. Give me, give me the spotlight. Make me, make me famous. Make me wealthy. This is, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit here. I'm sure none of you people say this, right? Make me great. Fix everything for me. That's who the Pharisees thought were coming, and he didn't come that way. And we think the same way oftentimes. All I want you to do is stop and worship him, serve him. Just about every miracle he did, they had to show their faith first. And uh, I guess we could go through a few of these. If we think about some of the people that um, miracles happened to, and I'm I'm just going to, I can't find my list. So uh, how about the the lady that was hemorrhaging that touched his, his cloak? And he said, who touched me? You know, you know this story, right? And, of course, she was healed when she proved her faith. And her faith was the fact that um, when she said, I'm, I'm hemorrhaging, if he was not God, they would have stoned her to death. 
because she would have been unclean and she was out in public. You understand that the faith got shown there first? Even the people that came, the four friends that lowered their other friend through the roof to where Jesus was because the crowd was so much. Do you understand what would have happened to them if that had not been Jesus? They just ruined somebody's roof. (laughs) They had nasty laws. You see, there was always some sort of faith. The the lady that said, um, heal me, heal me, and he says, I'm only here for the Israelites, and she said, I I know better than that. Even the, the dogs get crumbs from the table. And he says, your faith is great, you are healed. The centurion that comes to him in the night, I believe it was, and says, my servant's very sick. And Jesus says, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to him when I, you know, am headed that way. And, and he says, no, I know that your power is so great that you can do it from here. You don't need to be next to him or with him. And he says, your faith is so great, your servant's healed. You see, there was always something where they had to show that they had this kind of faith, that they worshipped him, that they loved him, before the miracle got in place. And we don't want that. We don't want to do that. If you really want a fully fulfilled, purpose, purposeful life, why don't you try just serving him first? And I don't mean in this church. I don't mean that we all have a place for you to do everything that you think that you can do. He gives gifts as he sees fit. And it's out there. It's comforting people. It's all the different body parts. Abby, will you get ready? You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all those who have their eyes fixed on you. Perfect peace. You don't have to earn that. All you need to do is serve him and to follow him. Those were the most fulfilled, purpose-driven lives there were, were the ones that just simply followed him and served him. If you want to know where your purpose is, why don't you just ask him and just make yourself available to him? Just follow him and tell him, I'm just going to follow you, and you have to let me know what my purpose is because we're actually supposed to comfort people with how we were comforted, and this is actually how you're going to know what your purpose is. Why don't you just take some time and sit at his feet like Mary did. And he will say, you're exactly where I want you. There's so many different parts, and this body analogy thing is huge. You know, the heart is the people that supply all the needs. The eyes are the visionaries. The, the ears are the people that listen to God and people. The hands are the doers. The arms are the ones that hold people. The legs are the ones that lift people up. The feet are the movers. The mouth are the witnessers. Witnessers? Oh, the nose. I love the nose. It's discernment. They can tell if something stinks. The nerves are the messengers. Can you just pray? Is that being part of the body? 
the endorphins, the dopamine. What was the other one? Serotonin. We went through this. I tried to study all these things. Gene and I sat around and tried to figure out. We, we finally figured out just a bunch of hormones. I don't even know what they are. White blood cells. They just simply rush to where they're needed and when they're needed. There's people that are huge muscle. Arteries keep the flow going. Skin is the hospitality that just holds everything together. What part are you? I don't want you to pick a part. I want you to get the part from our Lord and Savior and then use it, not for personal gain, but to make the body healthier, to take care of the body, to be this fulfilling part of the body. And the only way you can do it is by just simply following Him, worshiping Him, and serving Him, and not asking for a whole bunch of stuff. That's when you get what you need, because He takes care of those things for us. Can you be happy just serving a good God? Your reward is eternal life. Not that you're going to get everything that you want, everything that you think you need, why didn't they do these things for me? That's what people say. Why, did, why didn't you come and help me? Why don't you start doing it? Sometimes we just need to serve and let him put in our lives where we fit best and what we do best. Paul had simply found the secret to being content in every and any situation. Wouldn't that be cool? Isn't that really what we want? We say we're looking for peace, but really, if we could have contentment within an unpeaceful place, we'd still be happy. Why don't you just take some time this week and be still and talk to him and ask him, where would you like me? What would you like me to do? And maybe he'll be like Mary and say, I got you right where you're at. Instead of being the Martha that says, can't you get her to help me? Tell her to help me. Because that's what a lot of us do. Let's just simply take some time, worship him, serve him. I'm not talking about here. I can't find places for all of you. Go out there. Because we all need somebody that needs help. We know somebody that could just use a hand to hold. Just sit with them and listen to them. That, that might be your place. But there is a place for each one of us. And he will show you. He will give it to you just exactly when you need it. And sometimes you might have to wait 30 years before you start seeing the stuff that's really, really good. They were okay with it. We have a problem with that. Maybe if we just sit back and serve, we'll start seeing it a little more often. Don't serve here. Go out there. Go do the right thing and be the right person. Be the person that you think you didn't get. Wouldn't that take care of everything? Everybody that thought, you didn't come and help me. Well, why don't you be the one that goes and helps people like you? That would find the secret to being content if we all did our little part and used our gift the way that we're supposed to. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for giving us, each and every one of us, the, the gift and the purpose 
as you see fit. God, help us to recognize what it is and to actually do it and not not worry about whether that's a good enough part or not because they're all equal in your eyes. Each and every part is so important. God, we need each and every person to act the way that you did. Just simply follow you. God, that's hard for us sometimes. We don't have the patience. And God, just give us the gift and let's put it into practice and be a better, healthy body, body out there, not in here. It's in your name we go. Amen.